Welcome to the STEM Yard, a podcast of the North Carolina Science Olympiad. I'm your host, Alonzo Alexander, and today I'm chatting with Karawana Gatimu, Principal Manager of the Customer Advocacy Group at Microsoft and upcoming keynote speaker at the 2023 North Carolina Science Olympiad State Tournament. Karawana, welcome to the STEM Yard. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so now we know that you've been at Microsoft for a while. Can you tell us a little bit about your yourself and your work, both before Microsoft and now? Oh, thank you so much. Well, yes, I have. I've been at Microsoft for 10 years now. Uh, time really flies. Um, I've been in technology for almost 30 years at this point. I can say that I was in technology before PC was on everyone's desk, before the cloud, uh, maybe not before the internet, but before the internet was popular for shopping. <laughs> so I've been in the business quite some time. Uh, before I joined Microsoft, I ran e-commerce for Skechers, the shoe company. Yeah. That was super fun. If you ever earned Skechers Elite Points, that was my project at the time <laughs> uh, for buying shoes. And, you know, I really love, I really love what I do. It's given me so many opportunities to meet so many cool people like the folks I'm going to meet at your event, which I'm very honored to be participating in. So thank you very much. Well, we are glad to have you. And we know that you have been a STEM professional now uh, for a while, and we expect that a lot of our students will go on to be STEM professionals. And so we were wondering, is there a bit of advice that you wish someone had shared with you when you started your journey in STEM? Absolutely. I really wish that people had let me unleash my unique creativity earlier in my career. Uh, sometimes people in this business want you to fit in a certain little box. I pride myself on being a unicorn. I am an engineer. I'm a technology professional. And I like people all at the same time. Uh, I love data. I love science experiments. I love proving hypotheses or not. Um, but I also love to see the human impact of the work that I do. And that makes me a little bit unique. Uh, but that's really what's needed. So yeah. I would say, you know, be your own self, right? Follow <laughs> your passions, but intersect your passions with your talent, right? Mm. Bring those two things together. For me, the intersection of your passions and your talent and your impact on the world, I call that the sweet spot. Yeah. And so whenever you can get yourself into the sweet spot in your career, you're doing a good job. Uh, and so, yeah, I wish somebody would have told me that sooner. I don't have to be <laughs> like anybody else. And my career took off, really, when I stopped trying to be like mm -hmm. everybody else. You know, I, I heard in, uh, I think, a presentation that you gave once, you talked about how you like to make sure that the things you were doing were fun for you. And so how important is, is fun to finding that sweet spot? I think fun's really important. And, you know, that doesn't mean sometimes people hear me say that and they think that I don't work hard. I do work hard and I study a lot and I believe in continuous learning. And given where we are in technology today at the intersection of quantum computing and artificial intelligence and the metaverse, we need to study and be open to learning new things to create new solutions for all the issues that we have in the world. But I like doing that. 
So I have a job that lets me learn. I have a job that lets me create in unique ways. Um, And so that keeps me interested. It keeps me curious. It keeps me motivated. I don't believe in working with toxic people. And I don't believe in working with people who aren't into what I have to offer. And I don't really want to work on stuff that doesn't spark my curiosity. Um, You know, and that's another thing I wish somebody would have told me. Like, I don't have, work doesn't have to be drudgery, you know. Uh, And especially when you're young and you're starting out, you can start from the beginning with things you're interested in and curious about. I didn't find that until I'd been in the business a long time. I'd spent a long time training lawyers how to use word processing programs before I realized that maybe that wasn't where my talents really lied. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I, I, those sound like exciting days. <laughs> right. Yeah, they were very, very exciting. That's how come I was late sometimes. Like, not, oh not a good luck. Not a good luck. Because no. also... This is a big, this is a busy business and, you know, there's a lot of pretend competition, but when you work on something you're really passionate about, it sets you apart from other people. And so, you know, you don't have to ascribe to, oh, there's only so many jobs or they're not going to pick me. Yeah, they're going to pick me because I'm doing something totally cool and unique that I love. Yeah. I mean, you know, uniqueness, I think, is uh, something that we know is really important, right? In Science Olympiad, we talk a, a lot about teams having, you know, diverse members and, and diverse perspectives because of what they bring to the table. And I wonder, you know, as someone who, you know, part of your your work is communicating, right? That's that's what you do between people. When you're talking about that and talking about uh, diversity. And just a sense of belonging, right? How important is that in the things that we do? And, and how do you sort of explain how important that should be to people who are in STEM? You know, I really think that in STEM, people communication skills should be required learning. There's no <laughs> replacement for knowing how to have a decent conversation, hmm. right? And even though there's a lot of folks who are Um, more focused on the data or the results of an experiment or, you know, on the math that is being used and what have you, all that's really important, but you have to be able to talk to other people about your stuff. So, you know, I just try to keep it simple, right? Nobody wants to look dumb. People are afraid to ask questions sometimes, even when you're a room full of really smart people. Um, You find that at Microsoft there, you know, that's a company of really smart people. Being smart is table stakes. So you're in a room with a bunch of really, really smart people, but sometimes they won't ask the question because they don't want to look dumb in front of all the other smart people. Mm. So I try to make people feel okay with asking questions. I explain my acronyms and my theorems and my algorithms, like as if I was explaining it to a brand new person every time. Yeah, And I think that's made the difference between some of my work getting funded and other people's not. Mm. So, you know, another pro tip, be able to explain your work in a way that your parents or your mom or your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever would understand. Right. I'm always thinking about my mother-in-law when I'm explaining something. Would she (laughs) understand what I'm saying? Because if she's not, you know, it, it just it makes a big difference. Yeah. Shout out to all the mothers in laws uh in law listening to the podcast right now. Uh <laughs> this this one's for you. All right. Now earlier you mentioned the metaverse. And so uh speaking of explaining things to people, uh you know, you may need to explain some things to me. <laughs> Our we know, right? 
that our Science Olympiad participants, they're in elementary school, they're in middle school, they're in high school. Uh, you know, they're young people. And so I wonder, how do you see how they are going to shape the metaverse? And how is that different from how, like, the adults who are kind of pioneering the space uh, right now, how is that going to be different? We're so boring. We're so boring. <laughs> I, I just have to say, like, you know, uh, having an avatar in a meeting, come on now. I mean, you know, that's Gamer 101, right? I mean, yeah. I really think that the young people of the world are going to transform what it means to be present, to, to show up someplace and have that be okay. It's kind of like, you know, if you if you think back to when we all had Walkmans instead of having every phone, every, you know, song in the known universe on our phone, right? It's a completely different paradigm. Now, I realize vinyl is back and big, <laughs> but, you know, I really think that we haven't begun to scratch the surface of what the metaverse will be, especially when you think of it being powered by quantum computers and artificial intelligence. Like that is really, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a crossroads. It is going to change the world as we know it and not by us. Mm -hmm. I can come and talk about it. I'm at the moment where these things are being invented. I know how to run these things at worldwide scale, even if I'm not inventing them. But I think it is the people who are in your event that are going to actually realize the value of these things in creative ways. That's why that diversity and uniqueness and curiosity is so important because they're going to dream up stuff that we never thought about. And yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I hope I'm around to see at least some of it. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> so how do we make sure that the folks who are are shaping this future, right, um, sort of reflect all of us. How do we uh, take the lessons that, you know, we're learning now about, you know, diversity and equity and belonging uh, and, and move those into recruiting spaces where so often people are kind of fixated on things, you know, like just the raw numbers? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think there's any replacement for what we call emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And emotional intelligence in this context means having a group of people with a common goal that reflects all of the customers or the humans you want to serve. Mm -hmm. It's really simple. Like if you look around a table and you see too many people that look like you, you should mix it up. It's not that hard. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just about like, if you're having a party, you're going to invite friends of your family and friends, you know, from work and friends of your partner, and maybe somebody you met in the grocery store. It's kind of like that, right? Like, think of the projects you're working on more as a party, where you have people <laughs> who are diverse and different, trying to cook the same barbecue, right? It, it, right. So I think we overcomplicate the conversation. And right. I think we frankly over politicize it when it's really about being of service to the human race. Science and technology, engineering and math, we are service-based professionals. I am here to serve others and not just people who look like me. So uh, I want to serve a broader audience. I, I'm really in this business because I want to change the world. You yeah. know, that, that's really why I'm here. Um, and in my little space, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, completely reinvent the planet, but I am trying to help people. And I think when you put that at the center of your work, um, and, and invite others to your party, mm -hmm. it becomes much easier to create something that is useful to a large swath of the planet. Yeah. So I got to imagine that 
these feelings are part of what led you to be the founder of the Women of Color Leadership Community. Can you tell us a little bit about your group? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the great things about working at a company like Microsoft, and and I'm sure as, as folks enter into the workforce, the culture of the company that you work for is really important. And it starts at the top, but it's also lived and breathed by managers like me in the middle. Um, and yes, I'm a senior leader at Microsoft now, but there's a lot of us, right? I think there's 200,000 employees and 12,000 principal managers. So, you know, it's a, it's a small subset, but there are still a lot of us. And we're the ones who make the culture. And there's a lot of support in Microsoft for being inclusive, um, for mentoring and sponsoring other women and women of color, especially in technical roles. Um, there's still not that many of me out there <laughs> in many respects. You know, now I'm happy that I go to conferences or something and I'm not the only woman of color there talking about a technical topic um, as I used to be. But still, um, it's important for us to be able to talk to each other and compare notes and learn from each other, right? I learn from the younger women who are coming out of college or, you know, coming up uh, early in career. And hopefully sometimes I can share something useful with them. So, uh, you know, I started that organization uh, for that reason inside Microsoft and it's expanded. Now we have, um, I'm on the board of the Experiences and Devices Women's Group inside Microsoft, which is for mm -hmm. all of Office. Um, and Microsoft Teams and all of the things that you think of with the exception of Windows and hardware uh, that come <laughs> from Microsoft um, on that productivity side of the house. And so, you know, I, I can't say, speak highly enough of working at Microsoft and the freedom that they give me to make sure that I'm helping others inside the company um, know how to get promoted, know what it means to be successful at Microsoft, because it's, it's a little bit of a different animal being that we're so large. Yeah. When you when you talk to educators and you say, we want your students to come and, you know, be at Microsoft. Uh, what is what is the thing that you most look for in someone that you think will fit the culture? Oh, that's a fantastic question. Well, we have a wonderful student ambassadors program as well as intern programs. And we really look for people who have critical thinking skills, but also are motivated by empowering others. Yeah. I mean, I think Satya said it best. And he said two things that have always really stuck with me. Don't join Microsoft and think of what you're supposed to do for Microsoft. Think about what Microsoft can do for you, for your uh, interests and your areas of passion, right? Like I'm really interested in state and local government and helping them with technology so that they can respond to disasters more easily and with all the tools that a big organization would have. So that's what I do at Microsoft, right? Um so we look for people who have interests, who are interested in empowering others, who have those critical thinking skills, and, you know, who, who have a sense of humor, right? You know, <laughs> there's a lot in the tech industry that's very serious. You well, know, well. if you go for, you know, an interview and you have to do code on the whiteboard and everybody asks you sometimes these, you know, rude questions and, you know, we're not like, we're not about that. You know, we're, we're not about that at all. It, you know, this is a collective of people who are interested in in doing good stuff for other good people. And that's really what we look for. You know, I, I think it's a great place to learn also how a big company works because mm -hmm. it's very different than a startup. I've run my own company. I've been a part of startups. I've been acquired. I've, I've done all those things in a career that you can kind of do. Um, 
And working in a big company is its own animal. So it's a good place to learn that. All right. Listen, and you, you're the only person who's been on the stem yard so far who can like first name drop Satya like that. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's worthwhile to pay attention to your leaders. I can't work for somebody I don't respect. Mm. I listen to my leaders. My talent needs to be in an organization where I respect the people who are around me and where I feel respected. Um, that's table stakes for my career at this point. That wasn't always true when I was younger because I was chasing the dollar um, yeah. and the money. And it's not that I don't care about that now, but I also care about being respected and working for people that I respect. And I kind of you know, won't, won't do that otherwise. And I pay attention to what my leaders say. And Satya is a fantastic human. Uh, and he's a great leader of our company. And so I really, I like the way he walks in the world and I'm happy to follow that. All right. Well, listen, we like the way you walk in the world. So we want to know, can you give us just a, a little sneak peek, just a little preview about what you're going to talk to us about in the keynote address? Well, I'll give you, I'm not going to spoiler alert it, but I'll give you a little <laughs> bit of a hint. I think that there's a lot of myths and false information out there about having a career in tech, in mm -hmm. STEM. And I'm going to do a little myth busting okay. with some data and some personal stories and hopefully a little humor, um, you know, in ways that hopefully will be useful. But that's, I think that's where I'm going to go. I haven't set it all down on paper yet. I'm still ideating, uh, but <laughs> that's kind of the direction of where I'm going. Cause it's kind of like, Hey, all the things I wish somebody would have told me before I started this massive career of mine. <laughs> Very good. All right. I think that means that we have time to ask you. So we heard that uh, you like to read science fiction. <laughs> yes. And, you know, our, our folks are typically voracious readers. So what, what's good? What should we be reading right now? Oh, man. Um, so I've read every book of Orson Scott Card. Mm -hmm. I've read um, the Honor Harrington series. I think there's 35 books in that. I really like science fiction, like opera, you know, oh, it's yeah. like this large series of books. Um, you know, I, I just love it. And, you know, Bain Publishing, B-A-E-N, um, they do a lot of ebook publishing and, and different authors. Um, some of them you can now find on Amazon. But before, when I, you know, started this kind of ebook thing, it wasn't that easy. And so, um, you know, of course, I read all of the, the greats, but I usually find a series and kind of run all my way through it because yeah. I get into the world of it. Yes. Um, and I also kind of like the the military aspect of it, maybe because I grew up around a lot of military bases. Mm -hmm. I find that interesting. I always wanted a spaceship. I wanted to be <laughs> Captain Kirk when I was a kid. I did not want yeah. to be a horror. I wanted to be Captain <laughs> Kirk, just to be clear. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I like to read. And uh, there's there's lots of good stuff out there for sure. Okay, very good. When we see you at States, uh, I'm going to share some of my recommendations with you too. Good, good, good. <laughs> I'm always looking for new because I'm on the 15th book of this current series that I'm reading and it's going to end. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to read next, right? Exactly I usually right. read back for a while. And then, uh, you know, I, the, my last favorite one, and I'm, I'm forgetting the author right now, but I love the story because... He ended up uploading his consciousness into an artificial intelligence and then he was cloned, but he was trying to save the world. But, you know, he had all of his different clones ended up with different personalities. I'm like, oh, that's no. what I need. I need like <laughs> to be able to upload myself so I can be multiple places at the same time. And, you know, 
be on a beach, but also be presenting to you and be writing some content. And yes, be, you know, because traveling. that that has worked out well in every science fiction book I've ever read. I know <laughs> <laughs> this one actually did. This one had a good ending. I was really happy all right. So yeah, um, yeah, it was great, great stuff. But yes, I do love sci-fi. <laughs> Very good. All right. Is there a final message that you want to leave our competitors with? Uh, they are going to hear from you right before they're competing at States. What do you want them to know? Be yourself. Trust your instincts. Don't let people tell you no. Just do it. Like, just go for it, right? Don't be intimidated or inhibited by somebody telling you that you can't do something. Stop listening to them. Maybe it won't turn out the way you think, but the trying, the effort, the learning is what matters, right? And the people you meet along the way. So be good to your teammates, uh, you know, shoot for the sky and just trust in your own intuition about things. Uh, intuition is a great predictor of creativity and creativity is a predictor of innovation. Mm. So let's go. All right. Great words. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Caruana Gatimu, thank you for joining us here in the STEM yard. Thank you for having me. I am excited to see you in person and looking forward to it very much. All right. The STEM yard is a production of the Science House at North Carolina State University. Our show is produced by Valerie Bass with assistance from the North Carolina Science Olympiad. We're supported by funding from the Backyard Foundation. I'm your host, Alonzo Alexander. Catch us again in the STEM yard, where science is our playground.